Good Sunday morning, Iowa. It's Dr. Rick Godding. Thank you for spending some time with me here today. It's funny, I was driving over to the station here and I saw a uh, New Mexico license plate and it said Chile Capital, C-H-I-L-E, meaning the pepper itself. And it's funny because it just, it reminded me when I was in, when I was a fourth year in medical school, one of my best friends from high school was getting his master's in healthcare administration. So he is now the CEO of a big hospital down in uh, San Antonio. And he had a very interesting road. He actually was a chief operating officer of a hospital in New Orleans when Katrina hit. And I can remember, boy, getting the updates from him. That was, wow, that was terrible what he had to go through down there. It, uh, you know, getting the first hand on that was really crazy. And I had, a few years prior, been sending him the first hand stuff from 9-11 when I was in New York City doing my residency, which was pretty nuts too. Anyway, prior to all of that, when we were both in school still, he was, like I said, getting his master's in healthcare administration. And I was a fourth year medical student. And he said, hey, I'm going out to New Mexico to do a rotation and I said, hey, I have some elective time. And so I went out with him, and uh, it was Las Cruces, New Mexico. Beautiful, beautiful place. They have uh, these mountains down there called the Oregon, O-R-G-A-N, Oregon Mountains. And uh, this was back when I was an avid mountain biker. I picked up mountain biking when I was in medical school in Washington, D.C., because uh, Northern Virginia has tremendous mountain biking just you know 15 20 minutes from dc you can be out in some great world-class mountain biking trails and then we used to ride all over dc some there's some parks in dc where we would do a little mountain biking where you really weren't supposed to but we did anyway and then of course we would ride around dc and ride down to the mall we used to go down to the mall uh the mall is basically this big lawn between the capitol building and the lincoln memorial in the middle of which is the Washington Monument. We used to go down there and throw the football around and hang out. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So we being Georgetown medical students that I was in school with, not my friend, so my friend Mike. So he calls and he says, hey, I, I have this uh, six weeks I'm going to do down in Las Cruces, New Mexico as an externship. And I said, man, I'm coming down. So I set it up to go down there and do a family practice uh, rotation because in medical school, your first two years are purely book learning. You do a little bit in the hospital, not very much. So you learn your anatomy and your physiology and uh, biochemistry and your pharmacology. And so after the first two years, you then, that's when you put your white coat on and go into the hospital and then you're I don't know if, if, if any of you have not been to the teaching hospital like up at University of Iowa or Nebraska or something. You know, you would walk in to the room and you'd have the attending physician who's sort of the, the professor and then you'd have the residents who are, you know, after medical school doing their residency and then you would have a couple of med students tagging along, sometimes three or four. So you'd have, you'd, 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 a patient would look over and all of a sudden there's 10 white coats coming, standing around the bed, talking about them. 
Uh, it was really interesting. Um, but that's how medical education works. So anyway, so we went down to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Kind of the reason I'm telling you this is it's a really interesting off the beaten path place to go visit. If you happen to be, I know a lot of, uh, my patients tend to go down to Arizona in the winter. And if you wanted to take a couple day road trip out to Las Cruces, New Mexico, it's very beautiful. And we, uh, we, you know, we were out doing the stuff. I was, like I said, I mountain biked all the time. And then also there was uh, a place called Messia, M-E-S-I-L-L-A. And it was just this really cool little town. All of the buildings were sort of adobe buildings like the Alamo. And they had lots and lots of chili farms where they would grow hot chilies. And they had great food and tacos and all that stuff. And then not too far from there is Rio Doso, New Mexico, which is good skiing in the winter and mountain biking in the summer. And they actually have casinos there. And uh, not too far down the road, maybe it's an, an hour and a half or so, is White Sands National Monument. And this is kind of what, <laughs> why I really, the, the, the sort of thing that really made me just popped into my head. So my friend and I had met these girls and we, we, uh, were going to take them out on a date and we thought it would be fun to take a couple of golf clubs and a couple of golf balls. And whenever there's a full moon, they open up the White Sands National Monument and you can go drive in there at night and hang out. And it's really spectacular. So we climb up this sand dune. And they're tall. They're a couple hundred feet. I mean, they're big. And, you know, we're hitting the golf balls around a little bit, having some fun. And then we go and we sit on the edge of this uh, huge sand dune. And we're looking at all the sand dunes around. It's really just spectacular. The moon is full. The, the night is clear. And so this car pulls into the parking lot. And so there's lots of different parking lots and each one, you know, has different sand dunes around it. So you just basically, we just basically look down and we're like, darn, man, we just, we're having a really good time hanging out. And all these car full of guys pull up and, oh, that stinks. Well, all of a sudden, there's four of them. They get out of the car, they kind of look up at us and they pull out instruments and it was a mariachi band I kid you not and they played for about 20 minutes <laughs> it just and these girls were like how did you do this and we said listen we're just not that good this is this is pure crazy lightning bolt luck um we, we <laughs> we're not that good but it was really interesting it was really funny it was one of those things where I mean what are the chances that we're out there and there's just four of us and a mariachi band pulls up under the full moon on the sand dunes to play a, uh, a brief concert for us. So uh, that was awesome. And I also went to a place where if you're down in that area, Chiricahua, Arizona, I went on a little mountain biking trip there by myself. Uh, it was pretty cool. Just camped out by myself and mountain biked. Uh, it was really, it was really fun. And it's the place where Geronimo hid out from 
the U.S. government in his last years. And there's all these giant, tall rock spires that they appear to be a bunch of rocks stacked up on top of each other. I think basically it's just been, they've been eroded away by the wind and the rain to make it look like that. But it's called Chiricahua and it's in Arizona and it is really neat. So those of you who are spending your time down there in the summer, those are a couple of places you could consider. You probably already know that, but I just happened to think about it because I was uh, following a car with a New Mexico Chile Capital license plate on it. So that's interesting. So I thought I'd talk today about something I have never talked about. And I think it's just relevant because I find, you know, a lot of times, you know, people are kind of, they have some understanding of some things that happen in the orthopedic world, but they're still kind of in the dark on a lot of it. And so there are certain fractures that tend to be common, especially as you get older. Now, when you're younger, fractures usually occur from a high trauma situation. You know, you can break your ankle in athletics or your wrist or something like that. As you get older, due to osteoporosis, you're much more susceptible to certain types of fractures. And those would include ankle fractures. Ankle fractures, uh, there's two bones, the tibia and the fibula, and then they create the top of the ankle joint, and then there's the talus bone underneath, and that's the supporting bone under which is the rest of your foot bones. So if the fibula, the small one, breaks a little bit and doesn't move, then usually you're treated in a brace, maybe a cast. If the fibula breaks and the whole thing kind of comes apart, or if the tibia and the fibula break, then you're going to get uh, fixation with hardware. And typically you get a plate and screws. You're going to get um, six weeks in a cast, and it's pretty cumbersome uh, if you aren't able to use crutches. Sometimes they have the little, the little. Uh, it's sort of like a, it's a weight-bearing I don't remember what you even call it, but you basically put your knee on it and it's got wheels and you, you've probably seen them and you can wheel around on that. But that's kind of a, you know, the ankle fractures, any age can get them, but typically in the older population, they tend to be worse. They tend to more likely need a f- fixation with hardware. So ankle fractures are not what we call a fracture of osteoporosis, even though if you have osteoporosis, you're more likely to get an ankle fracture. But the ones that become dramatically more likely in a patient with osteoporosis, and we call them osteoporosis-defining fractures, those are vertebral compression fractures, shoulder fractures, which is the top of the humerus, wrist fractures, and hip fractures. Uh, Those are the big ones. So the vertebral compression fracture, so your vertebrae are basically, each one has a body to it, and if you look from the side and you have a vertebral compression fracture, so your x-ray from the side looks looks like the vertebrae is a square. It's not really a square, but it looks like it on the x-ray. And then it'll smash down and it'll look like a triangle. So the front of your vertebrae is totally smashed down. This can happen with very little trauma. Sometimes it'll just happen 
almost spontaneously if your osteoporosis is bad enough. And very rarely will they operate on those, but sometimes they will inject cement in. The, sometimes the radiologist will put a balloon in and open up the vertebrae and then stick some cement in there. The cement will then hold the bone where it's supposed to be, and then you have regained your uh, the structural integrity of your spine. So I don't deal with those really at all. I'm just kind of trying to go over this and so people can kind of understand when they hear uh, what the situation is. Next one, which is the least common of these ones that I'm talking about, is a shoulder fracture or what we call a proximal humerus fracture. Proximal means close, closest to the middle of the body, essentially. Um, the proximal humerus fracture, some of them you can put a plate and screws on. As you get older and older and the bone starts to be more just shattered when you go down, what we end up doing is what's called a reverse total shoulder replacement. Now, typically we would do this for a patient who has arthritis and does not have a rotator cuff. But in the face of a proximal humerus fracture, we end up doing these reverse total shoulder replacements. And they tend to end up doing pretty well. Most of your shoulder fractures do not need surgery. Some of them will. Uh, the ones that do, typically it's going to be a reverse total shoulder. It's a good operation. Sometimes I'm a little bit worried about doing it in a patient who's had multiple falls because then if you fall again once you've had that implanted in you, that can be real tough because it'll break at the end of the stem down in the humerus bone and then it can become a catastrophe. So those are problematic fractures, but most of them can be treated with a sling. Wrist fractures... They can be very complicated. The older you get, the more reasonable it is to treat it with just a cast. Now, you're, it's interesting. Patients who are 80 and over who have a wrist fracture, even if it looks terrible, if you treat it in a cast, the long-term outcome shows that there's not much of a difference in pain or function. And then you, if you do operate on it, you put a plate and screws, which is specially designed to go on the end of the radius. The problem with is the older you get and the softer your bone is, sometimes the, the bone will sink back through the screws and then you have to go take the plate off. These are all very troublesome fractures. The biggest ones, though, are the hip fractures. Now, the thing about hip fractures, there's two main types. One type is called a femoral neck fracture, which breaks the neck off. So there's a ball and a, and a socket for the hip, and then the ball is attached to the neck of the femur. If it breaks through that, typically what you do is a hip replacement. Now, if you have some underlying arthritis, then we do a total hip replacement, just like you would have if you had arthritis anyway. If you don't have any arthritis and you break the neck of your femur, you have what's called a partial hip replacement. And that's where we just put a stem down and put a new ball in, and that's the end of it. And those patients, they they can do very well. Most of the time when you get through with the surgery, it's good to go. And then there's what we call an intertrochanteric or subtrochanteric fracture. These are broken a little bit further down the femur, and we put a rod inside the bone. And the rod goes deep down inside the bone. And then there's a, another sort of a screw that goes up into the neck and the head of the femur. 
Now, these ones are troublesome because sometimes they just won't heal. Um, a lot of times the, the bone is so osteoporotic that they just don't heal. So these can be very troublesome too. And I think the thing that is the most worrisome with hip fractures is you have, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be bedridden at least for, you know, until you get your hip fracture fixed, and then we're going to get you up as much as we can, but you might not be able to get up much. So then you become susceptible to blood clots, pneumonia, and things like that. And overall, patients who have hip fractures, it's, there's about 10% of them will, 5 to 10% of them will not live 90 days. And almost 25% of them will not live a year. And it's because when you have a hip fracture, it's indicative of an overall very poor physiologic state. You're just not in very good health. People who have hip fractures, and you know, this is typically they're in their 80s, you know, maybe they have three or four other things going on, and this can be the thing that takes them over the edge. So they're very, they, they're catastrophic injuries. A, a hip fracture is a catastrophic injury. And there's two main types that we deal with. Both of them have their own traps that you can get into as far as, as how, how the patient heals through them. A hip fracture, if someone you love has had a hip fracture, it is a life-threatening injury. It is a very catastrophic injury, and um, people need to kind of understand that. And, uh, and they're common. They happen a lot. I do uh, at least two or three of them a month, if not more. So they're, uh, they're very common, very devastating injuries. The way that you can avoid these, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> the best way you can avoid it is to really build up your bone mass in your 20s and 30s. Mostly it's women because of osteoporosis is worse in women, um, uh, especially once after menopause. There's a real drain on the bone after menopause. Uh, there's a lot of physiologic reasons for that. But, uh, but other than that, you know, ironically, one of the medicines that you can take to treat osteoporosis causes, guess what, hip fractures. So it's, it's very complicated, very complicated stuff. They're, they can be devastating injuries. But I just kind of wanted to give, you know, I figured I've been on, doing this show for more than four years now, and I never talked about one of the most common things that I do, which is fractures. And uh, so I thought I'd just give a little overview of uh, what those are and how they happen and how they're treated. And uh, yeah, it's just something a little bit different. Anyway, weather's starting to look nicer and nicer. Get out, get yourself some exercise, some vitamin D. That'll help your osteoporosis. Uh, it'll help everything. It'll help your heart. And uh, we'll catch up, and you have a uh, blessed week, Iowa.